Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station and at seattlesports.com. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Rain Marine Electronics, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on MyNorthwest.com and, of course, the venerable TheOutdoorLine.com with blogs, videos, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Joey Pyburn. Good morning. We're, we, we've got a kind of a different uh, manpower situation. The Human Resources Department at the Outdoor Line has been a little busy. We're a, we're a four-man crew. We are a four-man booth. Tune in next week when we'll have <laughs> 11 guys. 11 guys. <laughs> Joel Martin, fishbaronoff.com in studio. Good morning, Tom. And, and, Robbo. I hear you breathing. Are Good you morning, there? guys. There How you doing? There he is. Somebody alive from Craig, Alaska. Sitting right here in the living room with my cup of coffee, and, and I, I got my... I don't do the Nelly thing where I, I go like commando, you know, remote broadcast. I'm just uh, I'm sitting here in my fully clothed, ready to jump in the boat and pull wire the second the show's over. So ready to go. All right. No commando rain gear today. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And, and, and meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, the, the calendar here says springtime and the thermometer says January. So we, I, it was 32 degrees at my place. There was ice on my windshield this morning. Insane. I, I don't really remember a... An April this cold. What's what's it like up at Craig this morning, Robbo? Up really well, pretty chilly up here, but uh, last couple of days have been beautiful. Uh, oh, that that cold weather you're experiencing down there. We need to kind of cover that a little bit later. But we got the trout opener a week away, man. Yeah. And we were really hoping these lakes would warm up, and they're not warming up at all. In fact, they're going the other direction. In fact, we've got Dave Johnson coming on the second hour from Kitsap Marina. Uh, 725 to be exact to talk, you know, about the upcoming salmon seasons as well in Washington. But also, how is this cold weather going to affect the trout bite? Is it going to? It might not. But he's going to cover that uh, in the next hour. And we're going to cover some trout tips here, too, this next hour, along with talking to Joel about his fantastic operation in, in Sitka and shrimping and link cod and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. And then to kick off the second hour, we've got Jeff Leach of, of Sirius XM, who's, who's going to actually he's a he's an East Coast guy. He's going to come out here this summer but um the whole concept of of fish mapping and and integrating the serious weather subscription you know with entertainment a lot of you know a lot of us are already enjoying that kind of stuff on the boat tom petty radio you know and, you yeah know, I, know. And, I know you know and yeah. yacht rock radio, <laughs> yacht rock. Yacht yeah. Rock radio. yeah the I fish, guess the fish I, mapping stuff is super cool it and is. it's going to be awesome to have on the raymer and so it's kind of a marriage between serious xm weather and the mapping that's that's available too, and and so to bring that now through the uh, through the Lighthouse Four operating software into Raymarine, um, it's it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting. Jeff's going to talk us uh, through that and, and a bunch of other stuff. So so now your T minus one week into Southeast, and uh, you 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 are getting ready for your hundred day charter season. And uh, the only the only kind of pictures I'm getting from you right now. Look like yeah. a, look like a boatyard more than a marina right now. You're drilling holes and pulling yeah. wire. And... I'm back into the Blue Seas catalog again. I'm on page 14 now. Uh, we're on the ACRs now, auto charge relays. You know, we're, I'm going to hook those up today and uh, one thing at a time. But yeah, definitely pulling a whole bunch of wire in the polar bear and getting it all 
ready to go for a big long season here. I, I barely made it through last season. It was time for a, an electrical upgrade, uh, a long overdue electrical upgrade on the polar bear. So I'm doing that right now. And with any luck, by Monday, Tuesday, that'll be wrapped up and then on to the long list of stuff to do to, to get ready. As Joel knows, it's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes to get these operations going. And, and uh, I can't imagine some of the bigger operations up here with, you know, like, you know, Waterfall Resort here. I think they got 27 boats at their main lodge, like, my gosh, one or two boats is enough for me. You can have that. Joel's shaking his you know. head. How many, how many boats you got in your operation of fish bearing off in Sitka these days, Joel? Ten. 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 Oh, jeez. That's nightmare. ten water pumps. Oh. That's 40 spark plugs. Oh. That's 85 oil changes a season. Yeah. That's not do a joke. Do you do your own? Do you do your own yes. oil changes? Everything. Yeah. Oh, I do yeah. Everything. How many gallons of fuel you go through last year in those, those 10 boats, roughly? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea how much fuel people put in those boats. It's crazy. It's a lot. It is. 900 hours a year is pretty average on my engines. That's that's cooking. No nope. mm-hmm. Wow. 900. And they're trolling. Well, they're trolling on those mains, too, aren't they? Uh, no, they have kickers. Okay. Boy, that's a lot of hours. Yeah. Wow. It's too much. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting operation, though. It's the whole do-it-yourself thing, and we, we're going to dive into that here in the next couple segments. It, it's a super cool operation you got going on there in Sitka. Super convenient. I mean, people can fly right in on the jet. Uh, the big 737 lands right in Sitka and all that stuff, and, and uh, pretty cool operation. So I think maybe next segment we'll dive into that and cover what you got going on there, buddy. Okay. So meanwhile, just to kind of lay the groundwork to what's going on here, we, uh, we, we, we're – we have tentative uh, salmon seasons uh, here at Naxley. We're going to dive into that a little bit in the next segment and, you know, kind of how that all came about. There's, there's, some, there's some, uh, uh, some opportunities that I'm happy about. There's, there's, there's some things that we're all frustrated about. But uh, bottom line is we're, we're going fishing, at least in, in, in areas uh, in area 9 and 10, which is kind of the heart of, uh, of what's going on here. Uh, we're going get to a, get a crack at it. Chinook a couple days early, which is good. Uh, Marine Area Eleven got a got a you know decent season. It's pretty much uh, status quo in uh, in thirteen as well. Um, we'll run through the coastal dates, and of course that's one of the reasons Reverend Dave Johnson, who does just a stellar job in the Pacific uh, Fisheries Management Council meetings, PFMC met here in town last week, and then uh, or actually earlier this week, it, the, the the meetings actually concluded, and then um, I got to sit with uh, some of the rec fish leaders and and some of the things we we came out of that. One of the one of the frustrating things, Robbo, and, 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 and we've talked about this, is right now um, we're looking at a selective season down at Bowie 10 for the first three weeks of the season. From, from August mm-hmm. 1st through the 21st, we're going to be selective in, in, on both Chinook and Coho. That's kind of a tough pill to swallow because the mark rate isn't all that great down there. And the reason for this are Thule impacts. Thule are the, are the lower Columbia stock of Chinook that, that right now are augmented to a great degree by, by hatchery operations. Because of the hatchery stray rate right now, NOAA has dictated that they're going to cut hatchery production by roughly 10% in that lower Columbia. Now, this comes at a time where these fish are needed up and down the coast, and yet they're being cut. One of the reasons they're being cut is the 2019 biological opinion that, that, that set that number for hatchery fish Stipulated that WDFW has to run weirs in a lot of these rivers to control that hatchery stray rate. And you're going to hear the term in, in this as, as it moves forward. The, the, the term is percentage of hatchery on spawning. So hatchery fish on spawning grounds. And the acronym for that is PHOS. Well, to handle this, 
they've got it. They've got it, dude. So, so to handle this situation, they they have to run weirs. Right now, WDFW has failed to place weirs in at least three streams that are dictated. So, um, we're what we're, they didn't do their job. They didn't do their job. You're kidding? No. And this is frustrating because why didn't we get why why did we only get seven days in Marine Area Seven last year? WDFW was in, unable to run a test boat, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, and, and now the echoes of the lack of sampling in Area 7 last year echo onto this year where now we have a series of three-day openers for our Chinook opportunity in, in Area 7 and 9. We'll, we'll, we're going to dig into that a little bit later. And if you have any questions, you know, p- ping us up. There, there's a couple, obviously, a couple different ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, 866-979-3776 is the Reverse Giant Hotline. Brought to our Wellcraft Duckworth Northwest Boat. Text us up, 206-421-3776, powered by Yamaha Outboards. And uh, so uh, your uh, my boat actually leaves on, on Monday, and then I'm, I'm flying up on May 5th, and that's the next time I'll I'll get to uh, I'll get to gaze upon you, but uh, for the folks that are interested in, in potentially coming up, are there seats available at fishbaronoff.com? Is there room in the Totem Square Inn and the new remodel? Tell us. You know, and six- are you comfortable with him gazing upon you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hey, you're kind of cap. You're you're in captivity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trapped. You are. Oh yeah, trapped. there's airlocks. There's airlocks on those doors. <laughs> So, so is there? Yes, I do have availability for people that want to try to get a trip in. It's very limited. Um, I have space available at the hotel. I have another hotel that I work with that's right across the street. If I can't get you in the totem, I'll put you in the Sitka Hotel. Um, There is availability. And if you do want to get a hold of me, um, now's the time to do it. Uh, Plane tickets are, you know, expensive if you wait too long and um, housing short. So, uh, if you guys are thinking about coming up to Alaska and doing a self-guided fishing trip, now is the time to do it. Well, and there's a lot of there's a lot of advantages to to working it through you. Obviously, the first one is cost. You're you're gonna you're gonna save a bunch of money doing it yourself. It's more satisfying. And and as you know, we in, we experience these ever decreasing salmon opportunities down here. This is just a way to expand your season up there, right? And yeah. and, and 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 you know, there's the salmon fishing in Alaska and the Sitka area. Well, it's it's my thirtieth year in a row. So I I was going up there one for for a one year trip, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're hooked. I made the mistake in 1993 of going up there, and and the place just gets a hold of you. As you know, and it's gotten a hold of you too, Robbo. And the cool thing with with your your current situation, Robbo, is you know you've 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 got a home up there, and, and your whole family's up there now, and it's really yeah. part of your kids lifestyle now too they love going up there and they got their own group of friends up there too then they're and they're they're playing sports up there right you went to a basketball game last night didn't you yeah well um you know the first day we we were here i mean there was 10 kids in the driveway there's bikes everywhere and they're making jumps in the cul-de-sac and i mean yeah they love it here they've got great friends here and then they love all the adventures too and that's what brought us all here at some point in our lives is is the adventure that's alaska and they love it too because they can adventure all over this place too and and explore all kinds of new things and and uh, gosh when i'm out fishing nicole's packing them up and taking them to, to some remote beach or going on hikes or taking a dinghy out and doing something and there's just something exciting to do every day up here um they absolutely love it here so yeah no surprise and uh basketball game was exciting last night you know there's 
not a whole lot going on around here. So the gym was full, you know, it's an, it's an elementary <laughs> basketball game and everybody was there. Uh, the stands were packed just to watch some kids play basketball. So really, really fun. So that's cool. Yeah, we're excited. Great excited to, to be here. All right, buddy. All right. We'll tell you what, we're going to pop out of here quick break. We'll give us 90 seconds and, uh, and, and let's, uh, let's kind of run through some, uh, some of the things that come out of North of Falcon right here in the outdoor line, Seattle sports station, 710 Seattle sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. That is Joel Martin of FishBaronoff.com, Sitka, Alaska. Joey Pyburn, am I right? Matt Nelson on the board. I'm Tom Nelson. Coming to us from Craig, Alaska for the balance of the summer. He, he absconds. He's, he's, ta- he's taken every Saturday off now for the until... Till Labor Day, probably for till Sam. He doesn't take soldiers. the whole day. He gives you, us like ten Christmas. minutes while he's putting out of the harbor. <laughs> At least till Christmas. All right. Yeah, I've been okay. ex- extra day to do Alaska. Joel, do you have a, a great counselor in Sitka? I mean, you've got to go sit on the red couch once in a while and and boats in your fleet and all those engines and oil balls and everything else that you that you have to take care of, man. I, I feel for you, buddy. Uh, you got quite the operation going there, man. Here go. Rebuild. There we go. Go again. And there's 20 downriggers to rebuild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you running? Uh, yeah. So, and, and then running 12 pound balls or 15 pound balls, or what are you sending for 12 pounders every day? Okay. You're a little easier on the machine. Yeah. They're, they're unauthorized. Sure. They're unauthorized to run anything more than 12s. Yeah. <laughs> Joel just shakes his head. He, he, I, I ship. So, Joel packed my pickup truck last year. He goes, Listen, mm-hmm. hey, Nelly, would you mind bringing some lead up for me? And so, so I pull into Harbor Marine, and we're going to actually, Joey, you and I are going to be at Harbor Marine a week from Tuesday yep. for Shrink and Limp, shr- Shrink, Shrink and Ling, Shrimp, shrink and, and, ling. Shrimp <laughs> and Ling Seminar the 26th <laughs> that evening. So, so I'm at Harbor Marine grabbing a couple last-minute items, and I'm towing the boat and truck down, and then Nick Pulley shows up, right? And, and uh, he goes, okay, I'm going to get a forklift. I go, what do, you need, what do you need a forklift for? You go, well, it, you'll see. We're gonna yeah, test so, out the airbags on your yeah, new no your new truck. Here he comes with so twenty five hundred pounds of freaking lead for the back of my truck. I think so. it was fifteen hundred. <laughs> well, Nelly's exaggerating. You know, he's not gonna come he's on. He's not I, gonna exaggerate. I, no, I, Nelly would never exaggerate. But I have no. to tell you that truck didn't even look like mm-hmm. it had it in it with the duct. Yeah, I tell you what, that yeah. airbags, yeah. dude, airbags, and that yeah, that, well, that, and, that and Chevy Silverado. Didn't right. you have to double your lead order this year? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's crazy. You up over up over four thousand pounds of lead. Wow. So let's talk about your operation. I mean, it's, it's a do-it-yourself deal. Um, you've got Hughes Crafts, I believe, like 19 to 21-foot Hughes Crafts. Talk Correct. about your Most boats. of my fleet is 21-foot Sea Runners. Okay, yeah. Great setups. How big a what, – what horsepower engines? 150 um, Yamahas how, and a 9.9 okay. kicker. And then guys fly in for like two, three, four days, or what's the typical uh, time period, you know? Yeah, most people fish for four days, so they come to mm-hmm. town for five nights. And are they anchoring out for halibut? You got anchors on there? Yes, I do. And um, uh, we have 600 feet of line on each boat and a buoy mm-hmm. system for pulling it. Mm-hmm. How is there m- a little bit of a – is there a tutorial – sorry, Joe. <laughs> I, we're not on FaceTime, so I may interrupt you from time yeah. to time. But <laughs> right. you, you run through a little tutorial kind of thing, on obviously, on, on getting them anchored and how to pull the anchor and all that stuff before you send them out there. And yeah, I do. And uh, – you know, I teach them the the few tricks and stuff. Everybody says that they know how to do it off the Columbia, mm-hmm. but the things are different up there. They and, are. Um, it's a diff- completely different. It's a, a completely different ball game, and yeah. um, I guess some guys that you know like uh, get get hung up and just cut it off. 
Um, just cut the anchor. Yeah, cut they the just rope. cut it. But most of the time, guys will re-anchor, and then we'll send them out with it. I always ask them, did you catch halibut on that spot? Yeah. Well, why'd you cut your buoy? Yeah, just leave it there. <laughs> just leave it there and go back we'll, tomorrow. We'll pull it We'll pull it Labor Day weekend. Sometimes it takes an extra buoy. Oh, gosh, dude. Yeah, I've seen it all. Oh. It's, it's got to be inter- It's got to be fun and interesting, though, to watch people fly in who maybe, you know, they haven't anchored up out in the salt water using 600 feet of line before. Um, there's, you know, there's got to be so many fun stories. Oh, you know. there's a pile of them. Yeah. But uh, I usually don't lose that many anchors. Most people follow instructions. And if they're nervous about it, mm-hmm. they don't do it. Yeah. Well, and all the and, boats have radios. So if they get into an, you know, yeah. they have an issue, they can reach out to somebody or call you and, well, and get some I got a lot of charter directions. that stop by and pick up an yeah. anchor. They got bigger boats right. and more mm-hmm. horsepower and um, just yank them up. Well, and the cool thing about Sitka is, too, there are spots that you you can halibut fish on that you still have cell coverage on, too. Correct. So so a lot of a lot of times people can use their phones, and that's that's just a cool, unique thing about Sitka, as opposed to Craig. Craig is super is, is a lot more rustic, uh, I'm told, mm-hmm. because I've never been invited there like you have, Joey, It just but, feels more but, remote. Right, and, and because they're landing 737s literally right across mm-hmm. the harbor from from where we're staying at Fish Baranoff, so... Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right, well, tell you what, I, I, I screwed up and got off topic. We were going to talk about North of Falcon, so tell you what, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break, we're going to come back, and, and we are going to run through uh, just a kind of a brief 30,000-foot flyover over the seasons. If you have any questions, again, load up that text toy, I'll pull it up. But then we're going to kind of dive into a little Ling Tech, because we're, we're less than two weeks now from our Lingcod opener here in Puget Sound. It's, you know, Joey, you and I already kind of lift, lifted the lid off that in, in Marine Area 4 while we're out at CQ. And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna be at Harbor Marine a week from Tuesday. We're gonna get there at five in the evening, and hopefully you guys come in. We can rig up some stuff for you, and then sit. Joey's finishing up uh, never before seen Lincod presentation. I'm gonna run through. I've never done a, a fishing seminar, but only, I've only talked about hunting. Hunting, hunting. Yes. Well, just think of this. This is hunt. I mean, hunting it is. Links. Hunting. You're hunting, hunting links. links. Yeah, no question about it. All right, coming back with a with a, with a North of Falcon overview and uh, and and some bottom fish tech here in the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station seven ten Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI Shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. This is one of these shows where we, sh- we should actually be recording the, what, the conversation yeah, during, during the, break. the commercial breaks. <laughs> Shoot those off as a podcast or something. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line. Tom Nelson here with uh, Joel Martin, fishmarinoff.com. Rob will coming at remotely from Craig, Alaska. Joey Pyburn, Matt Nelson running the board. Uh, so, what? You're Joey. You're Joey. Okay. Did he, you know, he gave me a thumbs up though, so I guess he's happy. <laughs> um, all right. So basically, before we get too far down the road here, we, we did talk, we did promise to run through some of the aspects uh, of, of what came out of North of Falcon. And then as far as the coast goes, the, the theme that, that we're going to see this year, and Robbo, you're going to see up north as well, we've got double the quota on coho in, in, in the coast that we had last year. And one of the constraining stocks, um, namely the queets on the coast that was that was keeping a, a clamp on on most everything um has has been has, has reached some population goals that are going to allow us to harvest a little bit so basically the whole show starts in the ocean on uh, on june 18th so la push and nia bay open up on on june 18th so as we're working from cape flattery south there's 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 the whole half of the coast the whole half whole half of the coast half of the coast la push and nia bay open up on the 18th and then June 25th uh, is is going to be the Awako opener, 
And then that's going to be followed by Westport on July 2nd. So why the change in these dates? And and part of the deal is those Thule's that we're trying to back off on were a big influence on on the delay in that Westport opener. Let those fish get Let by. those fish get so, so now we're seeing, but we are seeing increased quotas. So um, we're, we're, we've got a quota on the coast now of all four marine areas of 27,000 Chinook. And again, that hundred almost 170,000 hatchery coho on the coast that's again more than more than double the uh the 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 last year's number so i mean that's that's great because what have we seen the past few years on the coast yeah well last year the i think the queets it was like 1300 fish and this year we have 22,000 fish returning and yeah the the coho kind of took us out of the chinook game as soon as you achieve one of the quotas you 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 catch that Coho quota, you're done Chinook fish. Yeah. And, and so we've seen it. So we haven't been able to achieve our Chinook quota on the coast in, in a number of years. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've even hit it in the past 12, 15 years as far as the Chinook quota because, you know, because of the, the Coho considerations. So wrapping that up inside, uh, we're going to see uh, Area 5, our, our beloved CQ, open up on July 1st. Um, there's going to be roughly 4,000 Chinook quota there. Marine Area 6 on July 1st as well. Marine Area 7. A different deal. Last year it opened up on July 1st. This year it's going to open up July 14th. Okay, so it's open the 14th, 15th, 16th. We're running it on a on a on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedule. Then they're going to reassess. We've got we've got a little bigger number. It's 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 roughly 1,800 hatchery chinook mm-hmm. to catch in Marine Area Seven. Okay, so they've only listed these three days, July 14th through the 16th. I I'm I I know in my heart of hearts this is going to run for two or three of these openers because there's no way we're catching 250 or 300 Chinook average a day for that, that whole, that whole time frame, especially yeah. since the open weekend, the 14, 16, you've got, you've got a huge tie big minus three foot tie. Yeah, so if you think you're sitting at Lopez flats, you're going to grind it out all day at Rosario yeah. straight. You ain't doing it, dude. It's yeah. just those well, and that may be what gets us yeah. a few more days is yeah. th- those big tides. It's not going to be easy to go out there and get your Chinook. Um, bingo exactly and so so now we've got marine area seven and nine and ten all opening up on the 14th the 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 difference in the area 10 is it's going to open up on the 14th and stay open with about a 4,000 chinook quota area nine's got a 4,700 chinook quota and and so do you think that taking um having everything kind of open up on the same day you know before area seven would open up on july 1st All that pressure was there. This is going to spread people out, and you know, I think it's going to help. I, know I hope. It, I, I know it's going to help be, because you know you you're always concerned when you're looking at these seasons on, about effort shift, mm-hmm. right? And and so when you close one area, well, people are still going to go fishing. They're all going to crowd another area. Joel's just shaking his head because he's just he's he's looking at this from his Sitka viewpoint, yeah. where it's open from horizon to horizon. <laughs> From it, you know, salmon season in Sitka closes on 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 December thirty first and opens up on January first. Right? Yeah, and we're so, talking about yeah. getting three days, three and days. we have eighteen hundred fish to <laughs> yeah, catch. Yeah, no, it's it's so it, it's crazy. And so, um, rolling on down, uh, Tulalip Bubble's going to open up uh, May twenty seventh. It's going to run on its Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule through through the fifth. Uh, we already covered area 10. area eleven. Robo, to your question, and I, and I did send you that link. Gets that June first yeah. opener. Uh, it's and, good. Yeah, and it's got it's a all quota. Summer. As long as the quota holds up, Bingo. it'll stay open down there. But June 1st through September for Chinook in the South Sound. Yep. Again, as long as the quota holds up, um, that's a that's a great season down there. And uh, so. July 1st uh, 
you get to, you get to go at it in Marine Area 13. So we do have places to fish. If if you look at the quota between, um, you know, you pile them all together between seven, nine, and eleven, you got you got you got well over ten thousand Chinook that that that, that are going to be, uh, you know, there for the quota for the angling public, and you got a pile of coho. The coho mm-hmm. are going to drive the bus this year. And and Rob, what are you what are you hearing? Um, in in southeast about the anticipated coho numbers, what what's the word on the street? Uh, you know, I'm hearing there's going to be an uptick again this year, um, just from the ocean kind of turning around the last couple of years. But uh, I haven't heard any formal numbers. They have a hard time tracking yeah. the coho's up here, really, like they do down there. But um, man, we saw crate returns last year, and, and I expect it to be better this year, just because the oceans turned back over again and and looking better. But I tell you what, there's there's one, and I know Joel. Same thing's happening in Sitka right now. The herring are spawning here right now, big time. Huge herring spawn going on, and there are some big kings just right in the harbor. My buddy trolled out of the harbor yesterday, just over here in Klawak. Still had frost on his cowling, mm-hmm. and caught a thirty-some pound king just wow. right outside cool. the marina. Um, so you know, we're, everybody's getting excited here to get their boats in the water and get going. There's there's some nice fish around, and I know Sitka's the same way. So. Uh, yeah, we've had good, good king salmon fishing all spring. Yeah. Um, well, and these yeah. these huge herring spawns, this is exactly what we need. Oh. We need yeah. all that herring out yep. there to feed these Chinook and those coho and get this thing, you know, flipped around and headed the right direction. And and one of yeah. the one of the underrated aspects to getting a population to rebound are having bigger fish. Bigger fish, bigger females in particular. More eggs. More eggs, the ability to dig deeper reds or nests, right? I mean, there's a bigger reproductive impact for for worth with bigger chinook you know? and look then i have to catch less salmon if go. i can get yeah. listen i'm happy Maybe if too. i get two 30 pounders a good. summer yeah that's all i need <laughs> that's it i'm good and you'll quit right? i'll quit go home. i promise okay. Joe, i'll quit joey that joey Aiden. you'll quit you'll quit fishing joe right? when you get your two thirty. yeah and then i'll play tennis or something i'll yeah. take up uh-huh. golf yeah I promise. Well, I tell you, I tell you what we can do next weekend. We could go trout fishing, and there's three hundred thousand people ready to go trout fishing next next weekend in Washington. Six, sixteen, I think sixteen point two million yeah. trout have been planted. Uh, I mean, of those, I think awesome. two point one million are catchable size trout. Mm-hmm. Another hundred and forty seven thousand uh, jumbos. So a lot of trout out, out there for people to go chase. And, and I think even though the weather's a little nippy, I think the trout fishing's still going to be good. Those, those trout yeah. are used to being fed, and they're going to want to be fed. And, we and they've get, been dumping them in yeah. the last couple of weeks, and they stay right in the top three to five feet of the water column. They're easy to get to. You can cast spoons to them. You can, you can troll. You can fish power bait. You can do all kinds of stuff to catch them. Uh, I, I know one of my favorite techniques I talk about all this time, all the time on the show, little plugs. I just love trolling little plugs or even little spoons for because uh, I love the takedown. You know, you're constantly getting slammed by these little trout in, in the in the lakes. And um, I love my size 50 and size 70 hot shots. Um, you know, I don't know what you guys do. I know Tom likes to, to troll some duck spratleys and whatnot, but uh, it's fun, man. I was talking to Dave Johnson yesterday at Kitsap Marina, and we were both just laughing or rear ends off at some of the trout stuff that we've experienced the last couple of years. And Dave went out, of course, this week on one of the local lakes and roped a bunch of trout, and we were cracking up. It's not just for kids, man. It's still a, it's still no. a fun deal for everybody, and it's a great opportunity to get out and get folks out on the water and get some fishing. So. There, yeah, no question about it. Now, the one cool thing, uh, well, we got cool weather Monday through Thursday, but then on Friday the skies do break open. We're going to get some temperatures challenging the 60-degree mark. 
and the rain's going to back off. And on, su- on on Saturday, the actual opener, it, they're calling for mostly cloudy. And again, again, temperatures pushing 60. So at least the, the kids good. aren't going to get poured on and they're going to get a kind of a warm day ahead of time. But, you know, like, but don't wait. Listen, those kids should toughen up. Yeah, they do. They need to, they need to be toughened yeah. up. I want it to rain or snow on the <laughs> opener. They might be ice fishing. Yeah, no. You just described the turkey opener this week. Dude. Oh, sure. man. Oh. That might be ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to talk turkey opener, too. But uh, I'm telling you, the trout thing, man, it's fun. And uh, and, and it's, the, it's the one time a year. It's the biggest opener. There's, there's years when 300,000 people will hit the lakes in, in the crazy how many folks will go out i mean you got your trolling motor sitting there right now you better get it dusted off and get the get the charger on it make sure you don't have any line wrapped up in the hub um make sure the trailer lights work do trailer lights ever work no. by the way no Do they ever no i mean jeez. but anyway check your trailer lights get your life jackets ready get all the safety equipment ready because uh, next weekend is is the is the big one and then and then you might even hook the boat up and go make a little test test run at the boat lodge backing up the boat and getting it in the water and all that stuff this would be a good weekend to do that a little test run make sure everything's working uh practice your your backing up because i tell you what <laughs> if you want to post some stuff on qualified captain next weekend would be the the weekend to do it qualified captain is where all the boating fails go on instagram and there's some funny stuff on there and uh, a lot of it goes down on the, the trout opening weekend because uh, there's some there's some hilarity that goes on at the boat launches for sure oh without without question and and uh you know, I, I, I'll never forget one time I saw this guy pulling into the Everett boat ramp, and I saw these two things swinging from the back of the trailer. His trailer lights didn't work, so he had a couple of those survival glowy stick deals. Oh. He, <laughs> he cracked them and hung them on his trailer, dude. It hey, was, man. Oh, it was beautiful. Whatever it takes. And they were, they were back there takes. swinging in unison. What the heck is that? So, yeah, oh, just a classic, man. I Un- love it. Unbelievable. All right, yeah. well, we're, we're going to pop out of here for a quick break. And, and, and so when, when Joel first came in the studio we, we kind of started talking about a few things and we and, and we, and we kind of dug into the braid and wire deal and how his observations change as the boats age and and what you're doing now is super interesting we we, we are going to talk we're, we're definitely going to go through some picks of the week but i want to dig into that a little bit too because your your observations on running a fleet of boat and the whole braid versus wire and downriggers is fascinating to me but then again i'm a Hopeless downrigger boathead. So mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Rimmering Picks of the Week coming up here next to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports App. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. The long-awaited Lighthouse 4 operating system software upgrade for your Marine, Ray Marine multifunction navigational displays, is now available. Raymarine Fish Mapping. There's a seminar this Thursday, April 21st. Log on to uh, raymarine.com and uh, hit that Sirius XM Marine Weather and Fish Map. I'm excited about that, dude. It's, it's yeah. pretty cool. It, out, it outlines areas. Anytime we get new, new fancy stuff. And, and what, one of the things stuff they, on the boat, I'm excited. Sea, sea surface temperatures, but not just sea surface temperatures, but localized upwelling. They can measure the, the average surface of the, of the ocean height-wise to, to a fraction of an inch now through satellite telemetry. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that stuff plays out. So go check that out and more at raymarine.com. How are you doing, Robbo? Are you still, are you still with us there? from? Uh, I'm still right? here, buddy. We had some bandwidth uh, issues during the break here, but I shut everything off Wi-Fi, <laughs> so I'm back, I'm back on here. Things were kind of getting oh. a little crispy and crackly there, but uh, got everything shut off. Off. Um, 
halibut fishing. Uh, we, we're just in the middle of another three-day halibut opener uh, in the Eastern Strait. Talked to Bob and Spot at Swain's yesterday, and he said there's some fish. It's not it hasn't been great because you know the, uh, the last opener. I mean, basically they just got a fish one day. I mean, yeah. the weather mm-hmm. was horrible on the last round. But um, guys are getting some fish out of PA. It's definitely better than what I'm hearing over in the Eastern Strait from holiday and stuff. Uh, I talked to Kevin John over there yesterday, and he said he just hadn't heard much. It just wasn't much going on in the Eastern Strait, but PA is probably the best bet right now. Um, Bob said they still got some big halibut baits at the store there at Swain's in, in PA. Um, heard of a 70-pounder being caught, some other fish in the 30, 40-pound range. Nothing big yet. I mean, we will hear of a giant halibut coming out of that Port Angeles area between now and the end of the, uh, end of the season. Um, every year it seems like there's a hundred to 250 pounder that comes out of there, you know? Um, but that's going on. I talked to Mark Coleman, uh, out of Westport. Uh, they're, they're already fishing link at Westport. Uh, he has three boats out today, another boat out tomorrow. Ling limit off the coast. So that's cool. You can go out there and get some groceries this time of year. And, uh, bottom fishing has been good. The weather's finally settling down a little bit out of Westport. So they're able to get out and get on the, the link cod. That's a, that's a live flounder program. Uh, so you stop and get your live bait most days and then go out and bang on some of those big lings. And there's no size restriction on the lings either off the coast. So um, typically you can get a couple of nice lings and then uh, get your seven rockfish and come in. So that's happening out of Westport uh, on the inside. Um, looking at, well, the shrimp seasons were just announced. That's May 25th. They pushed that out a little bit. Um, so you still you can still get ready, and you probably do need to get ready the way supplies are looking right now. But uh, you got a little time before the shrimp opener. Lingcod opens May 1st. Turkey opened on Friday. A lot of the pictures we saw, Joe, were guys hunting in snow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, what on earth is going on down there? Oh, my it's goodness. so funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, my uncle was out. He had his bird dead by 8:30 wow. yesterday morning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was there was a little fleck of snow on the ground behind him. But I, I mean, we saw pictures. Austin Mosier, full on like white out yeah. blizzard. Um, <laughs> but the, but guys got their birds. I talked to quite a few guys who were successful. And uh, the thing about turkeys is, they go to a roost every night, and they come out of that roost in the morning. So if you can find that roost. Doesn't matter if there's snow on the ground; they're gonna come out of there eventually. And if you if you're close, uh, you, you got a good crack at getting them. Um, but yeah, it just makes it interesting. It's like you know, guys heading over the pass to go to the east side turkey hunt, and it's a full on whiteout blizzard, man. Yeah, crazy. Well, it's it's just crazy. And then the best thing was getting going on the east side at Kokanee too. And then this cold front comes in. I talked to the guys over at Mardon, you know, and they're like, yeah, we got frost on all the rigs again and, and it's cold. And, and so that may, that may damper the top water oh, light over there a for little sure. bit in Eastern Washington. I think it's going to kick it, push it back a little bit. We've got the Banks Lake open coming up next weekend, uh, April 23rd over on Banks Lake. That's a Northwest Bass event and one of the qualifiers too. Um, super fun event and it's an open. So if you want to get in one of those bass tournaments, definitely sign up for that super fun deal, but it's definitely going to push back some of that bass stuff that goes on on the east side. The kokanee bite on the west side, too, just shut everything died. right down. Yeah. Just yeah. totally died. But the, uh, the lakes are actually cooling down now. They were kind yeah. of hovering there between 48 and 49, and everybody's yeah. waiting for that 51 to 53. Mm-hmm. Uh, I popped down to Lake Stevens the other day, and uh, Brianna Bruce from Living Life Adventures was just coming in, so I pulled up, and she's offloading her guests, and they got two kokanee that day. It was cold out. Um, and they're, they're going to take a little break and wait for, uh, <laughs> wait for the lakes to warm up a little bit. 
they could take a, take a break from kokanee yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> talk about pump fake and yeah. then the trout opener um yeah. next week and honestly we, we talk about this all the time you don't really need to wait till the opener um there's plenty of lakes that are open year round um some of the winter lakes are, are just a blast i mean they're planting trout in a lot of these lakes all the time but really the openers next weekend where all the lakes will open up the lowland lakes um gosh if you're if you like fishing off the bank you can fish power bait um i would sure love to know what goes into power bait because that stuff i mean it, it catches any hatchery fish anywhere will gobble that stuff up and trout just devour it mm-hmm. um fishing power bait off the bottom we've had buzz ramsey on here a couple weeks ago talk an egg sinker like a quarter ounce egg sinker with a swivel and then run a, a three to five foot leader of two to four pound test something like that and power bait floats so you kind of run that leader. I mean, as, as we get on through the season, you want to st- stretch that leader out a little bit longer because the weeds grow up off the bottom and that'll get your power bait up off the bottom. Um, so if you're fishing power bait in May or something, well, this year, the weeds might not grow till June, the way this weather's going. But, <laughs> um, you know, you want to run a long leader, get that bait up off the bottom and, and then it floats up to trout see it. They come over and gobble it up, uh, run a, a smaller hook, like a size 12, size 10 hook. Um, you can run a single hook or a treble hook and, and understand though, that when you hook on power bait, it's going to be down the hatch. I mean, you're not going to release any of the gobble that stuff up and, and off they go. Um, so that, that's a great way to attack these things from the beach trolling. Gosh, you know, um, once the water warms up a little bit, your woolly buggers and your dock spratlies and that stuff will work. But really right now, your little spoons, um, your little dick knights and your triple teasers and and your little plugs your 30s or excuse me your your 50s and 70 hot shots your little froggy pattern flatfish the froggy pattern flatfish if you can find them the little f3 is just murder on these little guys so fun and the little orange one with the black spots super fun and and if you need to get down a little bit maybe run a little split shot on there but typically gosh the first week of the season you can just troll those things right yeah on the and surface and those trout are almost that the the ones they're planning now they're usually like like you mm. said rob in that three to five feet the top you know yeah. top three to five feet of the water all you have to do is look at what they have to do to survive and feed in that hatchery environment and all their food comes from the surface mm-hmm. they, they're broadcast fed organ moist pellet or whatever they're called these days right and so yeah like they're like rob pointed out earlier in the show they're extremely surface oriented and you are going to find them pretty shallow and that's you know and that that works in your game plan the cool thing is though we're, we're, we're going to get a, a little, I won't call it a spike in temperatures, but I'll just call it elevated and, and less, less cloud cover. So we're going to see some bug hatches that they're going to be dimpling the surface and feeding on some of those, you know, some of those aquatic invertebrates that are stuck in the surface film right there. So that's going to be interesting. Another thing that's interesting, Joel Martin of fishbaronoff.com, is what we started kind of talking about b- before the show. And you're, you're running 10 boats. They're not all the same age. Okay. No. As these hulls, these aluminum hulls age, they fish differently. You're running a combination of downrigger wire and braid. When these boats are new and you're running new wire, they fish well. Correct. Then what happens? I start hearing guys saying, why am I not catching fish on this boat? (laughs) Uh, So I switched it to braid and we've had less problems. Um, it's just the electric seems to be as these boats get older, the electrolysis is, uh, they don't, they're not ugly. They're beautiful boats still. It's just, 
Uh, that's the only thing I can come up with. How often do you change change the zincs on those hulls? Every season. You do change them. I do yeah. too. I do Every too. Every season. And the sure. motors. Reli- yeah, religious, religiously. Um, engines. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so do I. Um, and and so you asked a question about a black box, whether we run them. Um, you know, if, if I wasn't running Canon downriggers, which have built-in positive ion control, I would be running a black box. Correct. But But so they're built – it's built into each each unit. It would be interesting to see how that the passive voltage runs down each one of those boats, but you don't have time to do that. No. You do not have time to so do that. So the best way so for me is to is isolate run, it yeah, with braid. Eliminate it. And so when so in your opinion though, voltage controlled stainless fish is better. Correct. Than braid. But to keep up with ten boats and the and the maintenance demand, braid's easier. Braid's easier to tie knots with. It you know, you don't have to replace it as often. It's just it's 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 more efficient for you. Yes, it's way more efficient. Yeah. And I went through a lot of cannonballs <laughs> last year. And usually when people break a cannonball, they break 300 feet of wire off. Right. Well, well and when and I break off a cannonball with braid, it's a lot easier to uni-knot right. another 100 feet back on. The last day I was in Sitka, um, you went, you left and went fishing, and I, I hung out with Joel. And some, some gentlemen went out, and they were back within an hour. Lost both cannonballs, you know, yeah. broke off a bunch of wire. Joel <laughs> replaced it, had him back on the water within about 45 minutes. They were back in like, what, an hour and a half? Yeah. And, and they'd they... lost them again, you know? Oh. Yeah. And that's where the braid is going to help. It's just so much faster than, ta- you know, taking all that wire off and putting new wire on. But, and the thing of it is, and especially in Sitka with those, sh- you don't have to be glued to the bottom. No. And you really shouldn't be. No. Right? And, and, and you you got to read your sounder and stuff like that. And, Robbo, I, I know with you, too, sometimes you do have to fish in close proximity to the bottom. But at or above the fish's depth where that bait is is going to get you bit, too, isn't it? Oh, for sure. I mean, it all depends on, on where you're at. But I, I definitely, if I was a beginner heading out, I would not be trolling near the bottom here. Because these reefs, I mean, they're all over the place. It doesn't matter whether you're in Sitka or here. There's... There's rock piles and reefs all over, and if you haven't fished there before, it's pretty easy to drag your gear up on top of one of those suckers and, and, and break off. But no, I'd, I don't know. I'd, I'd keep it suspended, to be honest with you, and I'd make a couple laps, and then if I see fish down there, then I'd start working the gear down and, and get That's close exactly to them. That's exactly what I tell all my clients yep. to do. Map yeah. the area first, learn the yep. bottom, yep. watch where the pinnacles are. And then adjust to that. But half yeah. of the guys think they're dingle barring for lingcod. Yeah. It doesn't work for king salmon. <laughs> Most people, people down there don't even know what dingle barring is. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's a term you hear up here all the time. Um, well, you're right, though. Well, just, what, just okay, well, what is, what is the dingle barring? Dingle barring is a yeah. strategy. They use commercial fishing trolling boats mm-hmm. to troll for lingcod, and they drag yeah. a big steel bar on the bottom. Yeah, it makes that noise. Yeah, clankety clankety clank. And they put kind of like those lead heads that you like mm-hmm. that make the noise. Yeah, and they put uh, you know scampy tails or whatever all the way down that dingle bar, and they big long metal bar, and they drag it along the bar. It is tough on the girdies. Yeah. Oh they yeah. Rattle. It, the it is oh. tough on the boats. Yeah, but you know, uh, back to the king thing though. Um, even let's say it's 100 feet of water, 120, whatever the depth is. You know, set them at 30, 40 feet. And make a couple laps and go, man, we're, we're marking them down there. Let, let's go down. And then you could get an idea of what's going on. You can send them downtown. But um, And I'm sure you guys have 
candlefish up there early on it's probably herring but later on is it mostly candlefish or what's the bait situation and then what do you recommend people bring um as far as tackle actually we got to get out of here for a break but um we might hold that thought here for a minute hold that and thought continue with that we get back so all right let, yeah let's do that because we got you know this this is one of the shows we could go for four hours i mean you know, but which is fine <laughs> i would i would rather I'd rather be doing it this than, than being stuck in January with no steelhead fishing and, and, and a little tiny blackmouth season. Yeah. So this is the time of the season. That it's, 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 a lot, you know, it's a lot more fun to do the show. There's a lot, a lot of stuff opening up, which we're going to talk about next hour. For one thing, uh, join Joey and I next Tuesday, the, t- the 26th, from 6 to 8 p.m. at Harbor Marine, where we have the shrimp and ling drill and, uh, and some cool giveaways and stuff. We'll be telling you more about that, too. Stay tuned. Jeff Leach of SiriusXM joining us now. What is fish mapping all about, and why is it why does it matter to you? I'm going to tell you next here in the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station seven ten, the Seattle Sports app.